The opinions of Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman don't reflect the views of Gal Media. Parental discretion is advised. KFNC Mont Bellevue, Houston, a Gal Media station. Sports, 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 sports. So they just sit there and talk about sports? Yeah, and there's a lot of wheeling and dealing in the NFL. And uh, what are they going to do now? Let's get to it. It's a Friday, Friday on the Blitz. Diabolical. Is a Veritex Community Bank Road Show live from Sam Houston Race Park. This is the Blitz on ESPN 97.5 and on ESPN 92.5. Here's Fred Fowler and AJ Hoffman, and the Blitz is on for a Friday. Friday, welcome to the greatest show in the history of the Gotta make my mind With me, Fred Fowler, the Falcon, AJ Hoffman, Rebecca Black, uh, Tyler Scott's out here. Running the show at Sam Houston Race Park. Aaron Rabel, the Voldemort, back at studio. If you want to get in, 713-780-ESPN is your number. 713-780-3776. Uh, you'll have to text us that number because we're not going to take your calls. You know why? Because we don't want to. Well, that too. But we're on the road. We're at Sam Houston Race Park. Uh, also that. Yeah. You can also get us on Twitter at Fred Fowler, F-A-O-U-R, at AJ is the real, at Aaron is blitzed, at Tyler Drew Scott, at Degenerates975. You can text the show. You know the number for that. And uh, you can... Go on Twitch and comment there. You can't watch us. You'll see a photo of us and one that makes me look ridiculous because that's what Brandon likes to do. Uh, but you can comment there. Honestly, that's my favorite thing about Brandon. Yeah. He likes to make you look ridiculous. Well, I'm, I'm glad you have a favorite thing about him. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, we're going to have some fun today. We're out here at Sam Houston Race Park, and uh, we'll have uh, Frank Hoff's going to join us at 415 to let everybody know what's going on out here as the thoroughbred meat winds down. The... Uh, you know, I and it's funny. I don't even know what his title is now. He's like executive. Every, every time, every time we, we we've been coming out here for I don't know how many years, and he's always like promoted every single year. And I, I think he's just below the king now. That's pretty good. Yeah. So you know, like uh, he's like Jafar, I think the hand of the king. Yeah. Yeah. Or or Tyrion. Yeah. So, uh, but we'll talk to him at four fifteen and. and Get him to let me know everything that, uh, that he's up to here. And then we'll talk about little things going on at the track. And uh, happy to be out here, man. This is, uh, you know what, it's starting to feel normal again. It is. Uh, there's no sign on the door saying you must wear a mask. No. But uh, you, you can wear a you mask. You can wear a mask if you want. That's, that's how America should work. But, um, but yeah, so it's, it, it feels normal again. This is the first time we've been out here. Like, the first time we came out here, one of the cops got on us for not having masks on. Like, well, we're trying to do a radio show. Right. <laughs> well, like, during a commercial, he's like, hey, you need to put your mask on. Well, I mean, I'm doing it, are you doing it right now? So I, I, I made sure that I had a drink in front of me just to be safe. And it turns out I don't need it. But I want it. So there. Um, all right. So uh, Carlos Correa responded to his offer. Yeah. And uh, I don't think he was too happy. Uh, well, he basically said, if, if that's all I'm worth to them, then maybe I'll go somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, which sounds to me like negotiating. Uh, obviously, the Astros did what they should have done, which is lowball him for his first offer. 
and his guy will come back with $30 million a year, and then maybe they'll settle on 24 25 Yeah. And if not, you know, if he really thinks he can get $30 million in free agency, maybe he can. I don't know. I think a lot depends on him being healthy. I, I don't know that I would commit that much money at this point. But, um, you know, it's not my money. It's easy for me to say, oh, go ahead and spend $35 million a year on him. What the hell? I don't care. I don't have to write the check. But, yeah, he, he seemed uh, perturbed. Yeah, and, and you know, I, we're not surprised. We, we thought that he would think this was a low-ball offer. He made it clear that he thought it was a low-ball offer and that the Astros weren't serious about keeping him. So, uh, listen, there's everybody's going to think that they have more value. Or, like you always say, it's you know, often the very first offer is the starting point for a negotiation. And one of the things I always say is you've got to be careful about how low you start if you're starting low and how high you start if you're starting high if you're the, on the other side because sometimes those offers can offend the other party. And uh, this seems to have been the case here. Well, it always comes down to me. It's like how much does, do the sides want to get a deal done? And how much does he want to be here? How much do they want him here? And if, if he wants to be here... Then his guys will come back with a big offer. Well, what we do know is by offering him what they did, he probably wants to be here less or feels like he's wanted less than – because he clearly had a number in his mind that was higher than that. So it makes him think that, well, the the Astros aren't serious about this. So I, I, I can see both points of view on it, but I'm – you know, I, I I didn't have high hopes that this deal would get done anyway, especially when I saw that number. I knew exactly what Carlos was going to say when he finally did speak. Right, right. So, you know, it, it, it is interesting that he was pretty honest about it. <laughs> I like it, honestly. Yeah, I, I, I do too. I, you know, it's kind of refreshing for him to come out and say, listen, that, that, that offer wasn't anywhere near what I was looking for. And, uh, and you know, let everybody know that the ball's back in the Texans, or in the Texans, in the Astros' court. So I, I, you're just so used I'm to so used Texans. to just crapping on the Texans for poor decision making. <laughs> so it's it's almost beaten into me. Uh, but yeah, it, it's at least you know Carlos didn't come out and say like say nothing about it. Right. I, I honestly am kind of re- it's it's refreshing to hear him come out and say it's a garbage offer. I, I'm looking for more than this. They knew I was looking for more than this. And kind of puts the onus back on the Astros to do something here. Yeah, and, uh, and and we'll see if they come back with a better offer. But if they don't, then, you know, this is, I mean, we've talked about this a lot. I think the way the Astros are going to be built now, I, I don't expect them to be signing a whole bunch of people to big-time contracts. I mean, they've already kind of got those guys there, right? Yep. So, all right, 713-780-ESPN is the number if you want to text the show. And it looks like... If the Texans wanted to make a trade with the Miami Dolphins, they would not be getting the third pick back in return. Uh, no. Since that now belongs to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, obviously, the 49ers want a quarterback. They, they realize now what most of the world realized the year they made it to the Super Bowl. They're a legitimate quarterback away from being a, 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 a real contender and they're going to make sure they get a guy. And, and now getting to the third pick, what that tells me is there's more than – obviously they're not getting Trevor Lawrence, but obviously also there's more than one guy that they're comfortable with. 
meaning if Zach Wilson were to go to, whether it's the Jets or someone jumps in front of them, they're very comfortable with whoever is perceived to be the third guy there. Otherwise, you don't make this move. You don't trade away two future first-round picks on, you know, maybe we'll get our guy, maybe we won't. To me, I'm, I'm, I'm of the belief that they really like Zach Wilson and they really like someone else that would be available there. How about I throw something else into the mix here? Okay. What if they already have a deal for another quarterback Say Matt Ryan would make things interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think suddenly if if that's what your move is to get that pick, so you can go get Matt Ryan, you're certainly a Super Bowl contender again, right? Yeah, do you, I mean, do you think the Falcons were saying like, well, we won't give up Matt Ryan for the you know what what pick did they have the twelfth, twelfth, yeah, yeah, for the twelfth pick? We give him up for the third pick though. Well, because then they can get a quarterback and then get another stud because they've got their own high pick. So yeah, you, you could start over with. But you're also kind of saying, I mean, if you're the 49ers then, that means you're giving up three first-round picks for Matt Ryan? That seems excessive. It does, unless you think it's going to win you a Super Bowl, in which case it's worth it. Yeah. and well, that's a, It's, an interesting, uh, it's th- an interesting theory. Just certainly. a thought I had when I heard it. It's like, oh, you know, because the, the whole Matt Ryan thing sort of went quiet. Yeah. And, you know, and, and when you make a move like that, it's it's not to make a move for Deshaun Watson because um, you, now you don't have the other picks to trade for him. Right. And the third pick by itself probably doesn't do it. Well, it might for me at this point because I just want rid of that guy. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I think that's a I, – I think it may, puts him in an interesting spot. And, then and yeah, and they're in a position where if it's uh, – I, I, think, I think Zach's going number two. But if you like Justin Fields, if you like Jones, uh, I mean – that you have to move up to that spot to ensure yourself getting one of them, and you know I, I just wonder if a rookie quarterback is a way to go for them because it does seem like this is a win now team. Yeah, and, and I guess you keep Jimmy Garoppolo around. Oh yeah, I don't. Think, I don't think they've got any plans of moving on from him. They, I, otherwise, although if, if un- you unless if, they're plan on moving the pick, like you said, if if they're moving the pick for a veteran. You obviously would like to move Jimmy Garoppolo as well. Yeah, and you probably could and recoup some of that draft capital. But if you are bringing in a rookie, you almost certainly want to keep Garoppolo and maybe even start the season with him and and transition into the new guy. Or don't, depending on how the season's going. I agree. And it is funny. I think the, the whole Watson thing now, how it's changed the dynamic and what they would have been able to get and what teams would have been interested and, I, I mean, I still think they might be able to get something done, but certainly this probably takes the Dolphins out of play. Well, the Dolphins, you remember two weeks ago, were one of the teams considered all-in. Yeah. They were willing to go all-in for Deshaun Watson. Unfortunately, yeah, so was Deshaun. And Yeah. Well, now the Dolphins, are they've clearly changed their mind because if you're all-in for Deshaun Watson, that number three pick was a big part of what, you're, what was enticing you know, as a package from the Dolphins. So this is uh, I we did hear that there were teams that had a change of heart, and it wouldn't surprise me if the Dolphins were one of the teams that, due to recent, you know, developments, has had a complete change of heart as, as to whether or not they want Deshaun to be their quarterback. I do think some of the suitors have definitely moved on. Oh, yeah. And they should because at this point you're like, okay, not only is the guy a problem – we might not be able to get him anyway. And, yeah. and you know, Adrian asked, what if, what if they moved to that pick to trade for Deshaun? I don't, I don't think 
I don't think that works because it was going to always take more than that, and they traded all those other picks. So I, I just don't see that happening unless there's something I don't know. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break. Talk a little horse racing when we come back. It's a Blitz on ESPN 97.5. to the Blitz on ESPN 97.5. This is a Veritex Community Bank Roadshow, live from Sam Houston Race Park. This is the Blitz. On ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we are back on the Blitz, live here at Sam Houston Race Park, my home away from home. And uh, always good to be out here. And joining me now is uh, an old friend of mine and, and one of the big wigs out here, Frank Hoff. And Frank, we've been doing this together for a long time now. Every year I come out here, and you have a better title. It's like you, you've moved up every single year. So what is your official title now? Hand, so, of, the, hand of the king, right? So the uh, <laughs> official title is Senior Director of Racing Operations, and I've probably picked up another department or two since the last time we <laughs> talked, but titles stay the same. Okay. Well, it's just you. It's, it's fun. Like I said, every time I come out here, you've got <laughs> something else you're in charge of. So uh, um, this has been a really, a really good meet, considering uh, all the stuff that had to go through last year with shutting down for the COVID uh, still not being able to be at 100% capacity, but you guys have raised purses twice. It's, it's been a really fantastic meet. Yeah, I mean, with everything uh, that ended last year and, you know, even going into this year with some unknowns with COVID and where everything was at late December, January, um, then you throw in a winter storm that knocked out a week <laughs> here. So, it, you know, a lot of curveballs always seems to happen, but it really has been a fantastic season this year so far. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. There's always one weather thing, it seems like, every year. Nothing, obviously, to this extent. But, that, you know, those fits and starts you kind of expect. But the whole having to stop in the middle last year thing, and, and it just all came out of nowhere. Everything was going great, terrific meet, and then all of a sudden we're all sitting at home. And, uh, but it's good to see everything get back. So uh, uh, Texas Champions Day was a success. Uh, yeah, the one thing I think that we missed a little bit this year is the fun stuff like the ostrich races and things like that. But... It looks like we're on pace to have all that back next year. Yeah, I mean, obviously with, uh, you know, again, with the COVID restrictions that we had, it was pretty tough to try to have to tell people, no, we're at capacity. We wanted to make sure we kept the experience good for our fans. And, um, you know, hopefully those things will come back uh, in 2022. Has has the city been helpful in terms of, uh, or the county, I guess, in, in terms of making sure up until now that the restrictions were all, you guys were all following everything? Were you in touch with them a lot? Uh, yeah, they came out a couple times uh, and, and made some site visits, and, you know, they were certainly pleased with how, how we put this plan together, the social distance and uh, the mass requirements that were in place until the last couple weeks. So, yeah, the county came out, and, you know, we're certainly we're pleased with how we were handling um, this operation here. Well, and the good news is this is, this is a pretty big facility, and if you're spaced out, it's, I mean, even though it's indoors, it, it's, it's not the kind of thing that's going to turn into a spreader event. But it, hopefully we're past all that, and we can just – 
enjoy some racing. But only uh, we're, we're winding down on the thoroughbred meet. It's almost it's always like this always happens. Like right when I feel like, oh man, really getting into this. Oh damn, there's only a week left. Yeah, we're down to the last six days of thoroughbreds, and uh, we'll take a couple break, a uh, couple weeks off, and then uh, we'll return with quarter horse racing through June 12th. So, you know, we got quarter horse racing coming up, and uh, we'll be running all three Triple Crown days, which we haven't done in a very long time. So that'll be nice to to have that extra bonus with the Triple Crown races. Did you get extra days with the quarter horses because you didn't have them last year, or is it just uh, you moved the meet back? Uh, we added three more days okay. from our uh, previously scheduled uh, quarter horse meet in 2020. So uh, how, how much cooperation you guys been doing with, with, say, Lone Star and Rotama on all this as, uh, as you've reconfigured everything? Yeah, there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of good work between the, uh, the three tracks of us, um, you know, with working with Rotama, with our partnership with them through Pin Gaming, and with Lone Star, just trying to put a good schedule together that will work for, for all the tracks and for the horsemen. So uh, I think we've, we've, we've done a good job, and I think it's starting to show that there's some good progress going down. One of the things that uh, kind of off the track, but uh, the, the push for sports betting in the ledge, and I know that uh, racetracks at, at least would like to be a part of that if it happens. I, I'm, I mean, I'm very skeptical that it would happen this session, but do you think by 2023 that, that there's a chance that we could get that and that we could be able to have sports betting at the track? I think there's a lot more positive movement than there has been. And, you know, I've been here for 19 years, and obviously I think this year at least, there, you know, there's a bill that's been introduced, and, you know, I'm certainly hopeful, you know, from, from my perspective, that that could be a, a real possibility in 2023. Yeah, and I, I think that's, uh, that's the thing I'm trying to caution people on. It's like, yeah, I think it's got a chance, but, you know, it takes more than one session. And it does feel like there's more acceptance of that than there has been for casino gaming in the past. Yeah, the, there seems to be a little bit more openness to the, uh, to the sports betting than what I've seen through casinos and slots. Uh, so uh, going into the last week, is, is there, are there any, any more big stakes days or uh, uh, just kind of the standard races? Which, by the way, I mean, they've been great betting races every day here. So uh, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, so we, uh, we added next Wednesday because of the cancellation. And um, we'll wrap up on Saturday the 3rd with uh, three new open stakes that we uh, put together uh, going in for this season. So we'll have three $75,000 stakes that uh, – We'll take entries for tomorrow, and I think uh, those will be pretty solid, and they'll be part of the program moving forward, and hopefully we can grow those as well. How much fun is it for you when you see horses that run in the Ladies Classic or in the Connolly Turf, and you look up three, four months from now, and they're winning races at uh, Belmont and Churchill and places like that and going on to have really good years? It's a lot of fun. You know, I'll be in my office. You know, we just they just ran the Aziri up at Oaklawn, and, you know, we had a couple horses that ran here with our winner, uh, Latruska, and, you know, she almost got there. And, uh, you know, I'm in my office cheering for them just as I would have been, you know, here if I was playing them. So uh, it's a lot of fun. You know, we've been, we've been pretty fortunate with, with some of our past winners here that have gone on and done very well uh, through the rest of their year, if not their career in racing. Yeah, if you didn't see that race, that was one hell of a finish. She damn near got there. But, uh, and I guess they're going to uh, rematch in the Apple Blossom. So uh, something, something to keep an eye on. Well, Frank, as always, appreciate the time and you know, congratulations on, on getting through this meet and having a, having a successful meet in less than ideal conditions. And you know, at least hopefully it's another step towards ideal conditions next year and we can uh, get back to having, you know, having the place packed and watching camel races and, and getting drunk with 50-cent beer. Yeah, it's, you know, again, thank you, Fred. We always appreciate your support. And uh, you know, we'll move forward and uh, continue what we're doing here and have, and have some more fun the rest of this season. All right, thanks, Frank. That's Frank Hoff, and he is uh, – uh, I'm going to just call him Hand of the King. I think that, that sounds – it's shorter 
and it kind of uh, it, you know describes it. So, uh, but yeah, this is this has been a, a, a terrific meet, and it, it's one of those. That I guess we've been out here three times, and um, you know, I, I miss the old days. We were out here eight times, and uh, and doing the the Friday night thing with uh, the ESPN zone. But uh, you know, that's that's the thing. Is as we get through all this, we start moving in the right direction again, and uh, uh, hopefully, we'll get back to all that. But as of now, man, you can still come out here, come out to the races tonight. They got dollar long neck specials. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's still, there's plenty of room here. It's a great time. And you know what? Get your butt out there, out here. It's going to be fun. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. And, uh, we got a lot of stuff to, uh, to get to today. And that, uh, the, the whole Watson thing for me is, I mean, there's nothing really new and there's nothing you can really, no, no direction you can take it right now. But, but you, I, you, there we go. Let me get this out of your way. <laughs> um, but I, you see all these trades being made, and it makes me think what might have been. And, of course, uh, McClain came out with a report today. It's like, oh, the Texans were secretly planning to trade him before the draft. I don't think that's a big secret. And then this <laughs> happened. I just wonder who in that front office, I just wish they were sharp enough for somebody to have told them, hey, man, all this stuff's about the break. If you're going to move him, I want to do it now. Well, you understand why Deshaun's people didn't want it out because obviously it's not a great look for him. Uh, and I don't know that anybody else felt like they were obligated to tell the Texans. Yeah, I, I, I just I, I would have hoped that like maybe Tony Busby would have called his buddy Cal, even though he claims he doesn't know him, and say, "Hey." We're about to drop a bunch of stuff. I don't. You I don't, might want to move yeah, this cat. I don't think that's how it would go ever. Uh, I think if Tony Busby thought there was a way he could screw him over, he would. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I think it boils down to I don't know if the Texans have a lot of people who had friends in the know on this, and I think you needed someone in the know, and those relationships just weren't there for the Texans to to have someone clue them in. So you they, they kind of uh, get. You mean Jesus isn't in the know? I, I don't think that uh, the Jesus you're talking about, I don't think, uh, has a lot of buddies, is what I'm thinking. Cause I'm, I mean, I don't know if he has, like, magic or whatever, but I feel like he could have seen this coming. And You realize that Jack Easterby's not real Jesus. I, I don't know that for a fact. I do. No, I don't know. No, I, I, can, I can assure you he's not. How do you know? I just know things. Uh, see, yeah, you're, you're, just, you're going on supposition. No. Yeah. No, no. I, I listen, this this guy I, I do I, I do admit that maybe his speech is not quite as inspiring as Jesus's. Yeah. Uh, I mean you know, Run when fish, Jesus talks Yeah, I, I You know, he would say, Well, Jesus was persecuted too. That is true. <laughs> that is true. And and you know what he's probably saying now. I, I was right about that, Deshaun. I was right Maybe about that so. DeAndre Hopkins. Well, that's funny right there. As they say, Jesus wasn't made for this world, and neither was Jack Easterby. <laughs> what so, world was he made for? I don't know. Not that's this one, though. That's funny right there. <laughs> that is funny right there. All righty. We'll, uh, we'll get to some of these. Uh, I, w- I want to dive in a little bit to what, the, what trades happened today and uh, get a little more into that. Don't go anywhere. It's a Blitz on ESPN 97.5, 92.5.
HRNP listener line, dial 713-780-ESPN. Administration of employee benefits is a hassle. Let HRNP eliminate those burdens and save you money. Visit hrp.net today. to a Veritex Community Bank Roadshow, live from Sam Houston Race Park. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we are back on The Blitz. 713-780-ESPN is your number. 713-780-376 if you want to text the show. I probably said sex because we talk about Deshaun Watson so much. You know. Boy, it, it's so funny how the guys just become a complete clown now. Yeah. I mean, it's just a clown show. And I, you know, I find it amusing. I, just because I like stuff like that. I like the circus. That's why I always love the Cowboys, right? Because Jerry yeah. Jones, Jerry Jones is basically running a WWE franchise. It's all about the stories. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, and, and selling hope that the team's going to be good. And then they never are. But there's always a great story. Well, that's kind of what these guys have become. And the problem is, the and here's where here's where they're kind of flawed. Well, they're flawed in a lot of ways. But as a WWE type franchise, all they have is heels. Yeah, I mean, who do you root for? Crickets. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> like Cal is is like he's basically a McMahon and Easterby. Probably Stephanie McMahon. Um, now you got Deshaun, who just I don't even know who the most evil guy is now, but that's pretty much it. There's, there's no. It's got to be Kane. Is it Kane? Is he still wrestling? He's the mayor, but I, he wrestled at the Royal Rumble. He's the okay. mayor of some town, but he wrestled at the Royal Rumble, and he still had the devil like uh, that scary demon costume. I find that very sexy, but you know, it's well, just me. Um, I mean, there's nobody to root for in this organization. Not a single person. I think that's fair. I, I, I mean, oh, well, Whitney Merciless is a nice guy. Oh, you mean the guy who well, that was didn't a, have a tackle for four games? That was kind of the downside to trading J.J. Watt because he was always kind of the, the knight in shining armor. Right, right. He was the one guy you were like. But also, when you traded J.J. Watt, Deshaun still well, you had cut him. You didn't trade him. Or, well, yeah, when, but Deshaun still had a, a reputation as like a pretty good guy. Yeah, and you, you but thought, he had already started sullying that with the whole yes. trade stuff. So, so you couldn't really root for a guy who didn't want to be here, right? Now, now you'd be rooting for a guy who doesn't want to be here and who has uh, sixteen sexual assault allegations against him. Yeah, um, yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm trying to. I definitely ain't rooting for. Kane is the mayor of Knoxville, Tennessee. I thought it was some podunk town. Like, I mean, no, 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 not, not Knoxville. It's Knoxville County, Tennessee. Okay. Like, it's a city named I think it's Knoxville County. It's a city named Knoxville. But it's not the city County. of Knoxville. Not Knoxville, Tennessee. Knoxville. Okay, I was like, wow, so I'd say like being the mayor of Houston County Something if there was like such that, a thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, but man. why would you name a town a county? I don't I mean, well that, there that, is a Houston County and there's a Dallas County. But those are actual counties. 
Right. They're not cities. That just feels like a typical Tennessee thing. Or no, to do. It's, uh, is it Knox County? Yeah, okay. Knox County. Knox County, yeah, not Knoxville. But it's still the, the name of the town no, no, is no. Knox County? I think so, yeah. Knox County, Tennessee? Or Knoxville County, I don't know. Uh, it says Knox County. It's near Knoxville. All right. Well, that's weird, but whatever. It doesn't really matter. Uh, so it's it's Knox County. Knoxville is the county seat, which encompasses No, but Knoxville. you can't be the mayor of a county. There, no. ha- there has to be a town in, in the county called Knox County, right? That's what it says. Uh, unless the mayor in, is, is kind of like Lena Hidalgo is yeah, here. Yeah, unless they treat it like they do here. Instead of it's Wouldn't judge of the like county, a, it's the it's Or a the commissioner mayor. or something like that. But, I mean, we have a mayor, but there's also a judge. So I, the mayor runs a city. That's like a... But the judge runs like the a, county. A governor runs a state. But they, they call him the mayor. Like, why... But maybe that's just like the county judge running the county here. We said maybe, maybe Dora, that's... Maybe that's the equivalent of Dora in we Tennessee. we got to figure this out. In, uh, okay, it says, Glenn Thomas Jacobs is the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. Third most populous. N- its county seat is Knoxville, which is the third most populous city in Tennessee. So maybe it's like a, a tri-city type it's, That's weird. That is very, it's weird to be the mayor of a county. It's like parishes in maybe Louisiana, so. kind of. backwoods-ass Tennessee folk. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that's what happens when you don't wear shoes. I guess. Uh, also, I got some heat today from Coog fan that was unwarranted, I thought. I'm guessing it was warranted, but so I'll be the judge. It, it looks like uh, Shaka Smart is leaving Texas. Yeah. Um, he's not fired. No, he's going to Marquette. Yeah, it looks like there's just going to be an agreement worked out where he, he leaves peacefully and goes to Marquette. So of course everyone's wondering who's gonna who's Texas gonna go after, and someone asked me if if I thought that Kelvin Sampson would be a target for Texas, and I said I think that Kelvin's happy where he is, but also Texas is not gonna go after a guy with a history of recruiting violations. That's just like just having been involved in that athletic department for years and years. That's something that they always look to avoid. Yeah, is someone although, with a reputation or a past history. Let's be honest, you have all new people in that in there now, too. That's true. And, and so I don't know exactly. I mean, look, they went after Sark, who had all kinds of issues, too. Not recruiting, but, you know, he had his own issues. He had personal issues, certainly. But when you, when, when you, when you bring in a guy who's got recruiting issues, all it does is shine a spotlight on your program that you probably don't want shown on it. Shined or shown? I don't know. I, I, I think he's past that by now. I mean, I, I think any any program would be lucky to have him. I just think I'm not saying they wouldn't be lucky to have him. Uh, yeah, but, but I'm just saying that Texas that doesn't seem like a guy that they would target based on that. And UH fan was like, "Well, how about I judge you on something that happened to you seven, ten years ago?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm not judging the guy. I think he's a great coach. I'm just saying that's not the typical Texas target." Is all I'm saying based on my time there. Um. Yeah, I, I would. Uh, my only counter to that would be, like I said, there's all new people there, and, and it, it's, you know, it's been a while since you've been there. This isn't DeLoss's Texas anymore. No. But uh, I don't think, for one thing, he's also an older dude. Um, I don't think the last experience with a UH coach went very well. Nope. Uh, all of those things I think would factor in, and I also think, I don't think, I think Kelvin would basically. 
tell them no thanks. Uh, I, don't I think he would, too, and I think he'd be right, too. I think that he's got a good thing going here. He, he's got almost all the power in the world He's got here. the keys to the castle. And, and he doesn't have to deal with all the crap you have to deal with yeah. at Texas. You'll never have the keys to the castle at Texas. You yeah. just won't. No, I mean, and you're always going to be second fiddle. Yeah. And that's uh, – but, I mean, I think the – in no way is that insulting. Uh, I didn't but mean I, it as such. Yeah, I mean, I, I see how guys would take it that way. I certainly wouldn't. I, but we talked about this the other day uh, as a possibility if, if Shaka were to be gone, and I just don't think it would happen for, for both both parties. I don't think Texas, I don't think either party would be interested in the other. No, I mean, because Kelvin would be a short-term answer right now. And, and, and from the UHN, Kelvin's not going there. He's got a better setup. He's got his son set up to be the coach here at some point. I don't. I don't see Kelvin leaving this job until he's ready to retire. My guess is the very first call that Texas will make is to Chris Beard. Chris, they probably already have Chris. Chris Beard is an alum. I mean, this is a guy who, I, but he also may feel very comfortable in his spot. And I think Texas Tech. Basketball may have surpassed football now as the priority sport there, and we, you just mentioned it, that'll never happen here. But Texas basketball will always be kind of a novelty when yeah. they're, when they're good. Everybody will go. Uh, well, even when they're good, they don't fill the building unless they it's, don't. You know, Kansas or something. When Kansas is number two or Oklahoma, yeah. But uh, people will be interested. But it's never going to be a basketball school. And you're right. I think what he's done at Tech has built that into something. But, you know, if you're an alum and you're that good of a coach, then to you it's the challenge, right? It's let's, let's go rebuild Texas. Well, not even rebuild. Let's build Texas because um, – Or let's maximize Texas. Yeah, like, let's make it – Well, know. it is almost going to be a rebuild at this point because uh, – They've been rebuilding. Kai years. Jones announced he's gone. Most of these guards are gone. I, I mean, it's, it is almost a, a, a total rebuild situation. And I said I think it's really the be- – like. Shaka going to Marquette is a good. It's good for everybody. Shaka can probably win at Marquette. That's the that's the type of level that he's shown he can handle, and he can he can recruit. He's not going to recruit five star guys there, but he can recruit system guys that will do what he wants to do. They'll probably go back to the uh, the havoc defense that they were doing at VCU that he had so much success with. Uh, and you, really, you can't get five-star guys to run up and down the court and play hard defense for the whole game. They just typically don't do that. Um, so I, I really think it's – and te- Texas obviously needed to move on from him. I think this was a win-win for everybody involved. Agreed. Shaka saves the embarrassment of being fired and then having to go find a job. Like, it, and, and we talked Texas about doesn't have to pay a buyout. First-round first, first round exit, uh, again – you know, but they just won their first Big Twelve tournament, so you're kind of in an awkward spot there. Yep. If you do fire him, it's kind of like, it's it's an iffy time to do it. It's kind of like Herman, frankly. Um, you know, the difference is Herman, whatever you think of last year, yeah, he's had postseason success. Like when they've gotten to bowl games, he's won those bowl games, including probably the biggest game that they've won since the you know the national championship game. I mean, so he he at least was able to do it when when the lights were bright. Shaka had, could, I mean, just time after time laid an egg in that tournament, and I, I think they were just kind of fed up. And with that's that. and that's pretty. I mean, it's really bad to lose to an in-state school when you're Texas, but when you lose to an in-state school that no one in their a Southland conference yeah, that, team. I mean, honestly, it's like okay if you lose to a a Houston or. 
you know, even even when teams like SFA have been good, you know, okay, you could see that. But Abilene Christian? Yeah, you're not supposed to you're yeah. not supposed to lose that game. Yeah, that's uh that's one of those where you probably should lose your. T- I mean, you saw how UCLA manhandled them. Yep. It's, it's not and like, that just made it worse. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you're right though. I think this is win 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 for everybody. He gets to go to Marquette. Maybe he'll have more success there. Uh, but I think the success he's had at Texas, if he does that at Marquette, they'll be happy. Oh and, sure. And but it's not good enough at Texas, and it shouldn't be. I mean, the expectations should always be higher than that. And you know, I I, I don't think Texas is ever going to be. A great basketball school, but there's no reason they can't be the third best in the Big 12 consistently and win some damn tournament games. I mean, there's enough money pumped into that program that they should compete. Yeah, they and, should be. And top, honestly, they should be top three in the Big 12. They should be right there with Kansas, and then rotate in Oklahoma, Baylor, Texas Tech on a consistent basis. They should be in there with those teams every year. And when you see what they what they're sending to the NBA, like consistently sending first round draft picks to the NBA. There's really no excuse for what they've been. Like I, I, I don't think they'll ever be a top-tier basketball program, but they should be a consistent Sweet 16-type team. Like that's what, that's what their goal should be, and they're, they're, right now they're just not even close to it. No. All right, got to tell you guys about Carbock. Sweet, sweet Carbock. Uh, you can get some out here. Actually, I see my boy over here drinking a Crawford Bock, sipping one back. Uh, guys, you, you want to you, you have a great beer this weekend, Carbox got something for you. Whatever your whatever your taste is, they've got it. They've got the IPAs, whether it be Hoppadillo, Rodeo Clown, uh, the Light Circus Hazy IPA, whether it be Crawford Bach, which is a great daily, everyday drinker, just smooth, real, really tasty, really easy to drink, or Love Street, which is one of their biggest sellers and, and really a, a great entry beer into craft. Or uh, if you've got someone who's always, you know. Drank the uh, the old school beers. You're like, hey, you want to try something a little bit better? Throw them on that Love Street. Uh, great change for them. And if you're not into that, guess what? They've got the ranch water now. If you're not into beer, that, that they've got four different flavors now. Meyer lemon, watermelon, prickly pear, and agave lime. All of them delicious, and you can buy them all uh, in a mix pack at your latest grocer. Uh, guys, check them out. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter for the restaurant and the brewery. And when you're out and about this weekend, make sure you grab yourself some Carbot. Triple beam. I'm not from Canada, but I see a lot of teams. This Manila, I know how to handle up. Like the candle up, make you put a banner up. This is the Blitz on ESPN 97.5. Community Bank Roadshow, live from Sam Houston Race Park. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz, and uh, I wanted to follow up just a little bit on, on the Shaka Smart stuff. because it's Okay, it, I do too, because uh, there's people talking about it. All right, well, you, you go first, and then I'll... Just... Uh, there are people saying, why would... Chris Beard's going to make $4.9 million next year, which is a lot of money. Why would he leave? I'll say this. The reason that Chris Beard won't – if Chris Beard stays at Texas Tech, it's not because Texas Tech was willing to pay him more money. I assure you, if Texas wants to money whip Texas Tech, they will yeah. do it. 
Oh, if they it, it, if they really want Chris Beard, the reason Chris Beard doesn't come to Texas won't be financial. Texas could kick Tech out of the Big Twelve if they wanted to. I, I, uh, they, now, they, they they I mean I I I know nobody else in the Big Twelve wants to hear this, but if you're not Texas or Oklahoma, you're not making the kind of money that those schools. No, are. It, those two, especially Texas, with that stupid network that that they got overpaid, but. They in Oklahoma get almost the whole pie, right? And, and then they give everybody else enough to be happy. Now, let me make this clear. That, that doesn't mean that if Texas makes him an offer that he's – like, it's an offer he can't refuse. Like, he may, he may not want to come to Texas. He may just be perfectly happy there. Maybe he's but, one of the four people that prefer Lubbock to Austin. Maybe so. But what I'm telling you is if he's not going to come to Texas – it's not because Texas couldn't meet his money demands, because I assure you they, they could if they wanted to, uh, and, they, and they would if he was the guy that, that they wanted. So it, I'm not saying it's a, a lock that he, that he would go. I'm just saying don't come at me with how much money he's making as a reason why. And by the way, his dropout or his buyout to leave to another Big 12 school drops on April 1st to $4 million. Now I'm. What what's today? It's pocket change for Texas. March twenty sixth. Yeah, that's the uh, one, two, three. Carry the. Two. All I'm saying is that's coming up pretty close. Yeah. So I, if you, if something happens before then, well, they know. just they, you know, it might come out that he's going to leave, but it won't actually happen until April first. Well, here's the other thing that you might, um, you might hear between now and April first is Chris Beard say he's happy in, in Lubbock and doesn't have any intentions of leaving. And then when April first comes around, he might leave. Don't. That's that's how coaching works. That's you're saying what you're supposed to say because there's no way he can avoid talking about now, this. Say, Listen, I'm happy here. Uh, we've built a lot here. I'm looking forward to the future. And, and mind and you, I'm looking forward to the future can mean anything. And mind you, he may just be really happy there. Yeah. And, and if he is, then then God bless him. I know another guy that Texas would have on their short list. I, I talked to a, a, a buddy of mine there today who's. Who's in pretty well with the uh, the basketball program there? Knows him pretty well, and he said another guy on their short list would be Eric Musselman, which I think would be a fantastic hire. I mean, what he's done at Arkansas in in a pretty short time is ridiculous. But I'd also say, man, Arkansas basketball has it, they don't have much of a ceiling, and they they can uh, you know they're already in a position where they may end up in the Final Four this year. Um, he may feel like he's in a good spot there. And, and that athletic department, I think, feels like they're in a good spot altogether. So uh, Texas yeah. is going to get somebody that – They'll get somebody good. But yeah. I also think we have to stop looking at Texas like it's Kentucky or one of these schools. That it's can, not. They can go out and get – and even uh, – Here's what Texas can do. If they bring a coach in and show them the facilities and show them everything that they put behind their program – Eyes get big because they think, oh, man, with all this behind me, I can really make something happen here. And it's true. Tech, uh, like, Shaka Smart didn't lose because of Texas. Like, Shaka Smart lost because Shaka Smart wasn't a good enough coach to win at Texas. And that, I, I don't mean that in like a, as a knock. No, but but I mean, Texas is true. willing to put everything behind that program. It's just a matter of what a coach can do with it. And it, it, there's no limit to what, well, you know, if the right coach were to come in. They could they they could really make something of that thing. It's just they haven't found that guy. No, and and but I also think all the advantages that Texas has. There's a lot of disadvantages to coaching there, and you know how 
how you have to deal with, with the alums and how you have to deal with the guys with the money. Those are all things that are a problem with the football team. They're a problem yeah. with the basketball team. Not everybody can do it. And that's why when you get a guy like Mac Brown who could deal with all that and everybody loved Mac and that keeps the money flowing, then you can be real successful. Even Rick Barnes, and, and you know this from being there, Rick didn't connect with those guys very well. No. And, you know, he was able to last a long time. But when you stop having success, you're not going to last very long. And Shaka never, never really fit in there either. Uh, to me, the, what, what I'm curious about is, like, we look at Buzz Williams, which I think we all agree, great hire for A&M. I think so. It uh, hasn't worked out. It hasn't worked out yet. And most of the time, it doesn't take these guys more than three years. Now, in, in his defense... You had the COVID stoppage last year. You had the short season this year. Um, it, it, and now he's finally going to have his own players in there. We'll see how it works. As good as Buzz Williams is, there's a chance it doesn't work at A&M. And yeah, I don't think that's going to be the case. But I, I do think that uh, uh, in, in, they'll, they'll get a good coach. It's just will the coach be a fit. And if, if he is, they'll win games. And if not, you know, and I do think the one challenge is besides – having to deal with all the stuff at Texas that that comes with it is you're always going to be second to the football team. And that's just, you know, and, and it's interesting because I think that's the case in almost every SEC school, not named Kentucky, yeah, but even Florida, where Florida's had a really good basketball team for a long time. It's a football school. And yet they seem to be able to get good coaches who have success. Look at Alabama. Ar- Arkansas may be an exception. Arkansas may be an exception, yeah. They've always been a basketball school. Yeah. But – uh, A&M is clearly a football school. Yeah. Alabama, really, do I even have to say it? And Ten- yet, Tennessee may want to reconsider what they focus on. But. Yeah, but it's still, <laughs> it, it still is a football school. It is. And, and, I mean, LSU, all those schools, and yet they have successful programs. So I don't see why you can't do it at Texas, even, even as the second fiddle. Now, I think the difference is – Well, I mean, having a good football program only makes a basketball program more appealing to athletes. Like, it, it should. It doesn't always work that way, but it because should. Because unless, unless you're Kentucky or Duke – who their brand speaks for itself. I mean, most of these schools are, are good in both. You know, Ohio State's good in both, or, or at least they're prominent in both. Michigan's prominent in both. Uh, I, I, th- I don't think that's coincidental. I, I mean, Oregon's basketball program was non-existent before their football program really kicked things up a notch. Well, I, I think the tie-in there is, is money. I mean, Oregon's football program brought in a ton of money, so they were able yeah. to put money into a basketball program. Um, Texas has always had that. Uh, but I, I think you see that too, Alabama. Um, you have that kind of success in football. You bring in that much money. Yeah, you can spend money on your programs, and, and I think that's uh, it, it, to me the whole the, the interesting part of this is Auburn and South Carolina have both been to Final Fours in the last ten yeah. years. You know, like yeah. it, it's it, it, they go hand in hand, and I mean all of that makes sense. It just for for Texas, it's just like any any place else. You got to get the right guy, and, and I think. You know, people think of it as a destination job and a job nobody would leave. For basketball? Yeah. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, well, I think, I think Texas still looks at it that way. Oh, I'm sure they, they do. They look like, oh, if we hire a guy, he's not going to go anywhere, with the exception being Shaka, who they wanted to go somewhere. But it, it may be that, you know what, you shouldn't think that way. Maybe you should think about, you know, let's, let's get somebody who's going to build this thing, and if they wind up going somewhere else, they go somewhere else. So... 713-780-ESPN-IoT says it's a resort, not an athletic program. I think there's some of that there, but I, I do think that's a little overstated. That's also what's appealing to today's 
17, 18 year old athlete. Yeah. But I also don't think it's nobody wants to go play in the you know the the stadium where Hoosiers was filmed. Like it's not uh it's not appealing. <laughs> you sure about that? I'm pretty sure. Oh, but no, but I mean I think part of it is is the lifestyle there, and part of it is, uh, yeah, it is a more laid back place. It's it's. Um, and I think that's appealing, and, and maybe that takes a little of the edge off of guys uh, in football and basketball. But I, I still think the, the problem is it was like that when Mac was there. In fact, it was more laid back. Yeah. And they won a national championship and got to another one. So I, 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 think, I don't think that that is something you can't overcome. And I also think it's just, it's just a matter of you've gotten the wrong coaches who haven't done a good job there. Or haven't done – I mean, I don't want to say they haven't done a good job. I thought Tom Herman did a good job. His wasn't good enough. And, and plus, he was just so unlikable. That's part of it, too. I don't think Shaka was unlikable until he grew the hair. But, um, you know, it's it just – you can't lose five first-round games. Yeah. You just can't. And, uh, all right, guys, the Sweet 16 starts tomorrow. And uh, the madness continues and maybe uh, you didn't you filled out a bracket and it's dead there's still a lot of ways to make money all you got to do is go to my bookie uh lines on every matchup intriguing props on players and games all you have to do to get started go to mybookie.ag sign up and use promo code bet975 you're going to secure a deposit bonus up to a thousand dollars how about that it's promo code bet975 to claim your first deposit bonus you got college hoops that's that's this weekend you think uh is going to cover that's a place to play. You think they're not? Guess what? My bookie's got that in too. NBA, NHL. Promise you I'll have some uh, some big ones for you next week. No matter what the sport, uh, my bookie puts the action in your hands. And I mean, you can bet right on your phone, which is cool as hell. And uh, they also have live in-game betting, which I love. Sometimes I get home too late, and miss the start of a game, jump in and bet it in-game. You can choose from thousands of lines and odds. You can turn any game day into a payday. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie.ag. Promo code BET975. Mybookie.ag. All I do, all I do is ESPN 97.5.